This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. I'm such a stickler for everyone living their truth because shame loves secrecy. And if you are not fully embodying your truth, it will hold you back in any area of your life. Let it be sex, relationships, career. So I always say like having a breakthrough in one area is like having a breakthrough in every area because who we're being in one area is who we're being in all areas. Welcome back to Open Late. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari, and this is a Soulfire production. My lovers, I'm so stoked. I have another beautiful queen on the show with me today who is currently practicing non-monogamy. I know that's what you all love and you want to hear about more and more. So um, I'm going to introduce Madison, or she goes by Sugar, which I love because already I'm like, that's sexy. Um, And she is the co-host of the top-rated podcast, a sexuality podcast, Clit Talk. And when I found them, or I I have to give credit to my assistant, Jen, she found the show. We both kind of geeked out. We became part of the Clitorati. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited to have Madison on today because she is an intimacy and communication coach. Um, She has been studying, using all the tools and putting them into practice in her own life so that then she can help other women and probably men on this journey too have more fulfilling sex lives, pleasure positive. Pleasure positive was like my biggest takeaway from Clit Talk. And so I won't bore you anymore, but let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Sugar. Thank you so much. I love the way you say my name. (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me it's such a pleasure to be here and already uh it's it's, i'm grateful to be here with a fellow queen Mm, thank you yeah it's it's nice to to know that y'all are in la um so for those of you listening you'll definitely check out the show after this episode but these ladies are in la we almost had an in-person episode um but we'll save that for future and i'm sure maybe we'll see each other out and about at events now that we know what each other look like (laughs) oh yeah i feel like maybe i've seen you at some events i mean (laughs) um it's actually interesting that you bring that up because so i have to say i went back in the archives when i first found the show i already started binging and then i was like i'm gonna see what some of these older episodes are like and one of the reasons that I was like so excited to have you on the show is I felt like we had a lot of similarities in our in our non-monogamous tendencies. You made a point about how you had been to like one play party in the last year. And now granted, this was an episode from, I don't know, maybe a year ago or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, me too. Before I started Open Late, I would quote that I am the most probably boring polyamorous person you've ever met because I wasn't going to sex parties, wasn't going to play parties. And so I'm curious your take on that because I think one of the girls asked you the question, do you think because you have the ability, you're way more selective? Because I have the ability to choose? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm, 
Wow, that's yeah. such a great question, Jessica. Yeah. You know, it's making me think I recently had an interaction with someone who was poly, who was interested in me, and I was not interested in them. And they asked me, they were like, well, are you even poly? <laughs> and I was like, well, yes, I fucking am. Thank you. Because just because I'm poly doesn't mean that I'm DTF with whomever, whenever. Mm -hmm. So sorry, but yeah, just because I'm not attracted to you doesn't make me not poly, right? So just because I'm not going to play parties or sex parties doesn't mean I'm not poly. I really believe that our sexuality is so fluid. It's like a river flowing through us. And just like a river, like I think of the Colorado River, right? Depending on the season, depending on the time of day, the currents, the the water will never be the same. And you don't know what's around the the turn of that river. And so to approach our sexuality and also our relationship preferences and tendencies, like it's a river, like it's fluid, we can accept the times when maybe we're less sexually active. And so, yes, I did have a period where I felt uh, that I needed, I just needed something different. And it didn't mean that I wasn't poly. I just wasn't as sexually active, which was, I wasn't used to. Cause when I started opening up, I was very sexually active. I mean, I would be the girl at the play party having sex with <laughs> five people in one night, you know, I was yes, like all girl. the things all at once now. And I think life circumstances really have an impact on where we're at. And, and, and if we are going to, um, you know, if we are engaging in what we would say like poly activities, um, so I think sometimes your, your life circumstances are going to have you be in a position to either be able to be more or less active or somewhere on that, that scale. Like it's, I feel like it's a spectrum. Mm. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And to, I think to remember too, that we all have so many needs as humans, not just these sexual needs. And a lot of times when you are having just other needs, platonic needs, intellectual needs, um, you know, your career and your ambition, feeling that sense of success or achievement, those needs are being met. The other needs that we have that might be sexual or romantic or intimate in nature, I find they're not maybe as present because we're full in other areas. That's how I try to communicate it to people when they ask me. Um, cause I've definitely gone through those same phases when, when I launched the podcast, I was like, I think I need to go out more because what am I talking about? Mm. Um, and so I, I did start to have that flow again and feeling a lot more sexual energy and sexual energy in my relationship, um, with my husband. And that's been really great, but you're right. We go through seasons and we're, I think women too, we're so cyclical, like our, our hormones dictate everything. And so to just be with that and be okay with it, not feel like because I'm open, I've got to be practicing this major sexual activity lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I've also felt um, my own sense of pressure on myself for being like what I would say is like totally a poly queen. And right, I've I hosted uh, several play parties at my house. And then, I mean, I haven't hosted a play party at my house in since before COVID. So it's been, you know, maybe going on three years. And it's so interesting is that my community, uh, 
their listening of me was like, Madison hosts amazing sex parties, right? So mm-hmm. I'd be out and about and during COVID, you know, and, and people were like, when are you having your next party? And it was, I was just really, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I am. I went, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not a current need. It was a need then to, I'm such a leader. And so, you know, when I, after going to like several of my own, several sex parties of my own and play parties, I was like, okay, I could host one. And like, <laughs> you're like, I could do this way better. I want to oh, do yeah. it my way. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that was a need at the time. Like I needed that leadership inside of the conversation. Right. And that is no longer a need. Like my community does see me as a leader in this, in, in, in the community. I am a definitely a support system for a lot of, um, polyamorous single friends, but also married couples and people that are creating a committed relationship with each other. And so it shifted, right. Instead of being like, Hey, come to my house for play parties and being seen as a leader in that sense. Um, it's like, Oh, I know I can call Madison, but it took some time to shift, like, because people just expected that from me. Right. And so even my friends that I would play with were noticing my changes. And I, I will say I started the show. I started clit talk when I was 23. I got married at 23 years old to a cis heterosexual male who I'm so happily married to. I am queer as fuck. So it, it, but I did not, I was not open about it when we first met. So I started, um, I met my now husband when I was 20 years old and, um, we got married and I started clit talk basically like a couple months after our, our wedding. Wow. And it wasn't until six months into clit talk. So six months into my marriage that we had the first conversation. I'm getting covered in chills as I say this because it was just like so powerful. Um, but we had our first conversation that led to us opening up, and we've been open ever since. Um, and 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 it is possible to create that um, relationship by design, even if you get into a relationship one way. You know, as long as I think the uh, both partners are willing to hear each other and support each other. Um, anything can be recreated. Right. And so our marriage certainly got recreated. I, in my first year of being married to this cis heterosexual male had, um, my first girlfriend inside of my marriage. I had had many girlfriends before, but this was my first one inside of my marriage. It was monumental and was actually, um, a fellow cast member on clit talk who, who left the show a couple of years ago, but that made it extra hot. Cause we kept it a secret from all the other girls on the show. Oh, that's the, <laughs> yeah. The secret stuff is like where oh. it all gets, oh, it's so spicy in the beginning. It is. Yeah. My yeah. husband and I were actually a secret to our group of friends, I think, which is honestly why we're together. It's like, <laughs> you know, anyway, oh. but I, I, please continue with this story. Cause I, I knew that you mm. had, um, just because of, you know, my little research that you had been with women before and so this was something that your, you know, your now husband was like, was, did he know that going yeah. into the marriage? He did. Yes, he did. Okay. So ironically, my girl, I was with a woman before my husband and I was 19 when I was with her and she was 29 and like several months into our relationship, it was like maybe four or five months. I was like... Hey girl, I'm having an epiphany. Like I'm about to be 
20, you're about to be 30. I want to get married to a man and have a baby, I think. So I don't know. I want you to know that I, I should have said this on the first date, but, and so we actually, um, we actually ended up breaking up, but before we broke up, she referred me to a client. So something that, uh, no one probably knows about me is I'm a digital marketing and branding Jedi. So I was doing a lot of branding and logos for clients while, while in school, I was like my Mm. side hustle business. And so this woman that I was with, my girlfriend referred me to this man who, um, I just assumed he was like in his seventies or something. He was like, he was a pilot and had a nonprofit. I didn't even think to Facebook him. I was just like, sure, I'll take the client. And this client she referred me to, I did a a really transformational leadership program for entrepreneurs. And it's actually where I met my co-hosts of Clit Talk, Katie and Lindsay. Um, But it is also where I met my now husband because um, my ex-girlfriend was in this leadership program before I was. And she had referred me to this client um, to do business with. And so uh, during the end of our relationship, I was actually working on this guy's logo and I never met him until I joined the program. And then I was like, I, I saw him in person and I was like, holy fuck, you're the guy whose logo I've been designing. And I mean, it was like my dream guy. Okay. Like mixed steamy, salt and pepper hair, like just my dream man that I probably visualized making out with my pillow every night as a little girl, like growing up, like that he was in front of me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I'm a millennial. And I didn't even think to Facebook the person that I was like working on. I would have been acting very differently, but I was sort of happy. I didn't like, you know, stalk him and look him up because I might've acted like, you know, less professional than I did. And so, um, the first time I met him in person, he was actually handing me a check. (laughs) for the completion of his logo and um my ex-girlfriend fucking introduced us so he knew i was with a woman he was actually kind of wasn't sure if i was like into him at first like he felt the spark but he was very aware of that and at the time i would say i was bisexual because that was the access to that was the vernacular i i had access to and was familiar enough with you know it's bisexual i don't identify as bisexual anymore i identify as queer we can talk about that later. Cool. Sup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Uh, so, so we, um, we, I was 24 years old celebrating my birthday in Las Vegas. It was my first time I ever 
had been to Las Vegas and which is weird because oh being born and raised in LA, it's like, how have you never been to Vegas? How do you miss it? I, I lived know. there for five years. So oh, damn. Yeah. We could talk oh, all Vegas. Like I worked at a strip club. Yeah. I was like doing bottle service at pool parties and nightclubs and, and strip club was actually where I was doing bottle service. Wow. And that's where I met my husband. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my God. I love this. <laughs> that's like another story. And I think my listeners maybe already, I don't know. I don't think I've actually ever told that story. Um, he like fun. brought in a bachelor party and I was their waitress. Um, Anyway, but back to your trip to Vegas. Oh my gosh. I love that though. Yeah. I feel like magical things happen in Vegas. And certainly for me, the most magical question my husband had ever asked me happened. And so I remember it was, (laughs) it was uh, his first, (laughs) it was his first time doing, um, a certain substance that's really fun to party on. I don't, I'm yes. just going to leave names out. That makes everything beautiful. Rhymes with jolly, you know, yeah. figure it out. Um, yeah. And it was his first time ever doing that at like 40 years old. And yeah, I know. And so, and I was like already <laughs> at 24, I'd done it a bajillion times. I was like, uh, let me show you the ropes here, kid, you know? Yeah. Um, but at like four in the morning, when we got back to the hotel after a wonderful night out, uh, we sat on the couch and, and he was so chatty. He was like, couldn't stop talking. Right. I'm like, oh my God. And, but he looked at me and he was like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine if I was bisexual and I got married to you, what that would feel like. Mm. And then he's like, I have to ask, are you still, (laughs) do you still like women? (laughs) You're like, (laughs) I was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I was like, go away. My pussy was like, it's happening, bitch. It's happening. Everything you've ever wanted. <laughs> so I was like, um, I just, I like leaned up taller. I leaned in and I was like, I, I just, I knew that was the moment, like for me to really, six months into doing clit talk, right? Starting to like get really sexually empowered. And I was like, I am. And he's like, well, do you like any of your, one of your friends? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I do. And then, (laughs) and then that turned into like, oh my gosh, who? And we had this beautiful conversation about it. And my partner just met me with open arms. And he was like, I, in that expanded state, he was like, I want to support you in expressing your full self. And back, let's rewind a little bit. The first six months of marriage honestly, the first, the whole year, like leading up to getting married and the first six months were tumultuous. We were fighting like fucking crazy. I was so resentful of this man and I didn't know why. I had no idea. I was just like irritated with him, like anything he would do, but I still would want to fuck him, but I was just like, (laughs) like (laughs) eternally (laughs) irritated and resentful. (laughs) Yeah. Like like angry. Yeah. And I was very bratty toward him. And I, Mm. I didn't realize and put the pieces together till after is because I was not expressing my truth in that relationship. Cause I was a queer woman pretending to be straight. And my body was like a fuck no at a certain point. Um, now there's a happy ending to the story. You know, my husband, it worked out. He's supportive. We're together and we're thriving. Um, but I, I'm, I'm such a stickler for, everyone living their truth because shame loves secrecy. And if you are not fully embodying your truth, it will hold you back in any area of your life. Let it be sex, relationships, 
career. Mm-hmm. So I always say like having a breakthrough in one area is like having a breakthrough in every area because who we're being in one area is who we're being in all areas. So, oh yeah. Yeah. It ripples out for it sure. And it, it touches everything that you're doing. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing this first of all. And I have like a million <laughs> questions and I want to go in a million different directions. Um, but <laughs> what I, what I love is I just want to talk about for a moment, the, the whole, you know, the expanded state that he was in. Because like everybody who listens to my show, they know I'm a huge fan of like therapeutic uses of lots of drugs that are being tested. And I talk about it pretty openly. Um, And I just think that hearing that in that state, you know, people are really able to see what's possible and see like the most fulfillment and the most, you know, compersion for somebody else, right? That Mm. word gets thrown around a lot, but really to say like, I want you to be fulfilled in your life in every area as your partner is so powerful. And I think that's mm-hmm. what people miss when they don't understand non-monogamy or polyamory. Um, they think it's like, oh, we just like really want to like have sex with other people. But it's like, no, I don't want to deny my inherent biology, like my true nature. This is the way that I feel fully expressed. And and like you said, like I was pretending to be straight and so it was like making you kind of feisty. Mm-hmm. And then who knows like where you would be in 10 years having to like live like that. And I think that's what most people who are probably not mono- not monogamous or who are living monogamous lifestyles, but likely not uh, monogamous, that's how they're feeling. They're feeling caged and they don't know why, right? Yeah. Um, but I just think that's really, really beautiful. And thank you. Yeah. I wanted to clarify. So for people listening, cause I'm already like, okay, so was he like, go explore this on your own and have these relationships or these, you know, intimate experiences or sexual experience with other women without him? Or was he also like, okay, I would love to be part of this. Or did he start practicing non-monogamy on his own and you had bilateral relationships, give us the dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. I will preface it by saying in our entire history of being non-monogamous, which is now five years, not one season has ever looked the same. So the philosophy I shared in the beginning, like our sexuality is fluid I approach that with my partner and I have that shared philosophy in our relationship. Um, And so we've been able to expand and try different things and the dynamics have changed. So I'll sort of share with you now, like where it started, uh, Mm -hmm. middle and where we are now and what the future holds. I always love sharing what I'm creating next and what our next desires are. Uh, so, So that night in Vegas, when he was like, who's the friend? And I told him the friend, he's like, well, that friend is hot. And so of course, kind of, you know, I love you, hubby, and I'm just going to share who you were five years ago. Um, He was like, cool, let's hit her up to have a threesome, right? Like the hetero, cis, male, projecting the patriarchy on. So like it was like a woke ass question asked me if I was still bisexual, right? But then it was like kind of immediately like, oh, let's have a threesome with her. Now, part of that too is like we've never explored outside of. um, Actually, that's not true. We had gone to a sex party. so I'll, I'll, I will say that we had maybe been to, to one or two sex parties, like the ones where you pay $200 a couple and yeah. it's like a bunch of swingers. <laughs> That's where we started. <laughs> um, 
And then um I feel like almost like that's you you like have to it's like hazing. It's like you're it's hazing. <laughs> You have to like start there to actually realize that that's not it. And you're like, okay, thank God. But it's like a badge of honor. Like you've been to your senior oh party, God. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so good. I kind of, yeah, I kind of like, I feel like some of my poly friends that joined our community have it really good now because they got to bypass that whole thing. But I wonder if we could go back and haze them and be like, you need to go to a swingers party. Uh, Because I feel like it's a rite of passage. It's just good to know like what's out there, right? And so just to create the world of the sex party world, right? You don't know anyone. You're paying to go there. It's a business and a service you're experiencing. There's no hired, um, well, usually there aren't, but there can be. Um, There's no like hired, these are all attendees going. And what you'll find is- for the most part, I would say heteronormative relationship dynamics and what would be classified as swinging, right? So swapping of partners, mm-hmm. partner play. Um, but it can also be classified as, I would say, like polyfuckery. Um, I really emphasize the F on that. Yeah, <laughs> polyfuckery. Uh, Wait, and can you s- talk about polyfuckery just real quick? Yeah. What is that? Because we've never talked about it on the show. Yeah. So the way that I see polyfuckery and experience it, uh, experienced in the past is it's really a primary focus on the sex. So there is like, right. Poly literally means multi polyamory means multi love. So polyfuckery means multi fuckery, not multi love. So polyamory is more inclusive of, I feel the, the emotional, uh, capacity amongst relationships. Um, and it's not really sex forward, you know, and I, I actually wonder if, you know, is the, the cross between asexual and polyamory, because I feel like there's a whole rising, rising, um, trend in our, like in society where people are valuing relationships more over sex. And you see it with the Gen Zers, like they're not really quick to like pull their panties to the side. Like my generation was, um, they're a little bit more like, no, let's hang and get to know each other and do cool artsy things together. So polyfuckery is f- fucking forward. I mean, it's, this is, this yeah. is, we're here to bang. Yeah. I don't Fuck want, forward. I don't really want to know what your, I don't care if I know your first name. Um, and yeah, it lacks the, uh, emotional intimacy maybe. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. So, so all right, your swingers party. You so swingers party. To- <laughs> right. So we had been to one or two. So we went to Vegas. We already had started exploring. So this question he asked me like, wasn't so far off because, mm-hmm. right. He wasn't that expanded state. He was able to see more and we had had some recent experiences of dipping our toes. So when he asked me if I wanted to create a threesome with this woman that I shared with him, I had a crush on, um, I said, yeah, because I mean, I was like, if I can get with a woman, like, fuck yeah, let's do a threesome. And so we texted her in that moment at fucking like five in the morning in Vegas. We were like, what's up? We're thinking of you. Like, we're both friends with her. My husband was friends with her, is friends with her too. And we just were like, we had this conversation. We were sharing. As I mentioned, she was on Clit Talk, so she was not she was privy to sort of the conversation she had known that we had been exploring. And so she was down. She was like, yeah. So we get back from Vegas and within a week we have a threesome with her. And my husband shares this for himself. So I'm just going to recreate his words when he talks about it. He says, I never felt like I could be feel left out. I never felt like I would be, have the experience of being left out in a threesome, but I did. And he's like, your guys's connection was so strong. I didn't even feel like I had a place there. And so actually after that threesome, um, she re- reached out to him and said, hey, like, 
like, I love you. And like, I don't feel that way about you. And I really would love to date your wife. And so then I got to have my own lesbian lovership with this woman who was, by the way, his same age. So she was 40. I was 24. And I just really, I was loving like the wise woman, like teach me your Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. And there was so much I learned from her. But yeah, he gave me the space to have my own relationship with her. So basically once a month, we would go on these like dates. We would go get oysters and Prosecco and debate about the environment and get in heated conversations about you know, things that we saw the world very differently. And then we would go, you know, have amazing lesbian sex together. And it was, I would come back with my cup so full. And our commitment was when, when he allowed me the space to go have my own girlfriend, that we had a group meeting with her and we were like, what is our intention of, of dating? And we said, our intention is to enhance our relationship from bringing this third person in. And we asked her, like, what's your intention? And she's like, I want to manifest my life partner. And so we created this intention and we said a little, you know, said some words and did a little aho and closed it out. And then, you know, that set the foundation for uh, the context that this would, this relationship I would have with her would be inside of, right? So there was no, my husband was not concerned, like, I'm going to go leave him for this woman, right? Um, Because she, you know, it was clear, everyone's intentions were clear, it was just to add value to each other's lives, not to take away. And if it ever got to a point where it felt like it was not enhancing the relationship, we agreed that we would come have a team meeting, discuss either pivot or, or cis and deceased. Right. Wow. So, um, the interesting thing we, so we continued going to, um, some sex parties and then my husband went out of town on a work trip and a friend of ours, that's Polly, like a burner, Polly burner guy. Um, reached out to me, invited me to this party in LA, um, at, um, this Kendra dating app party. I had no idea what it was. Again, didn't, didn't like look it up. Didn't think to like do my research. I just like called my husband. I'm like, yo, our poly friend, Chris, like called me, invited me to, you know, this event. Austin was like, you should, my husband, he's like, you should go, go have fun. Like, I'm not home. I'm at, I'm an international right now. Like, go have a great time. I'm like, but it's probably going to be like a lot of poly people and you're not there. And like, he's like, it's okay. Just, just go. So I go to this party. I arrive. I have, did not realize it was a poly specific, like very specifically a poly party. I thought just my friend that invited me was poly. No, it was. They literally get to the, they're like, so do you want a red light or a green light? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they're like, green light means you're like ready. If you're ready to flirt and red light means like, don't flirt with me. I'm like, I am going to take a red light, even though my pussy was like, take the green light, girl, take the green light. And I'm like, my, I'm like, no, I can't process this. And it's, it's now th- like too late to call my husband to create this for him. So I was like, we're going to have to, like, we're going to red light it. <laughs> we're going to red light it, but we're here, which is a big deal. And I don't think that my husband realized what kind of party it was either, but God, man, it's amazing. Also, they were late. They were an hour late. So I was, I put my red light on. I can't find them. I go back in my car. I'm like, I can't, I don't even know what's happening. I'm not going to be in this party by myself. Um, the friends are late. So I, I, I like to rap something that, um, it's like, 
I would put that if I was like on a dating app, I'd be like, I'm a rapper. I'd be like <laughs> what I would say. Like when my friends are late to clubs, uh, I go in my car and I rap battle myself. So I did that. I just like wanted to release some stress. So I was like freestyle rapping in the car about my friends. Being you remember late. like any line at all that you just like want to throw out and like, or no, but I would be happy to like spit some lines from like Cardi B's wet ass pussy for me at the end of this interview. Okay, perfect. We'll do okay. that. Okay. <laughs> just remind me. But so I, I finished rapping. I get the call from Chris like, yo, we're here in the party. Like, where are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm here, but I need to come back inside because I'm in my car. So they're like, well, we're in, come, come. So I'm like, all right, great. So I go inside and I'm like, <sighs> so nervous. Cause I was like, what? I've never been in an open environment without my husband outside of like mm. just dating a woman, right? So it was a big deal for me to choose to go in there. But I, I luckily was felt familiar with the environment that I was walking into. So I went in there just like laser confident and Chris was there and welcomed me in and all these friends, right? Oh, meet this person, meet this person. And everyone's like, hey, and hi. And like the most amazing, delicious people. And I started to have fun. And then they offered some jolly medicine. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this with, with these people. And, and then he introduced me to this other group of people there who are now some of my best friends to this day and my husband's best friends to this day. So was really cool. I then got invited to an after party. Um, one of the friends that we have there is this like really awesome Israeli man. He's like, Hey, after party at my place. And, and then, so I was like, okay. And actually funny story, his, his wife is, uh, one of my besties and lover, current lovers. Um, she's one of my main female lovers. Uh, but at the time I didn't know her. And when we walked into the after party house, everyone was like, Shh, be, be quiet. The wife is sleeping and she can be a little mean. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like afraid of this like person. So funny. Cause now she's one of my best friends and one of my yeah. lovers, but nonetheless, all the adults start getting into the hot tub naked. Mm. And I was having this like, what do I fucking do? Like, do I do it? Do I go in the hot tub naked? I had never been in a hot tub naked with adults. And now it just kept getting like the gray area just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like the initial request was like, can I go to this party with our right. poly friend, Chris? Next thing you know, I'm now at this legit full on poly party. There is, um, we're doing, we're doing drugs. I'm now yeah. going to an after party. Like none of this was in the initial yeah. request, but I had to just be intuitive and be like, not worry that my partner was going to be mad at me and actually just live that present moment because mm. there was something for me to learn. And there certainly was. And it literally like created our whole, the way we do poly now. So that was like the most pivotal, like night out for me alone, like inside of where, the direction that our uh, relationship took in terms of how we are poly. But um, I end up getting in the hot tub. I'm in the hot tub. I'm like sitting on this guy's lap. Um, where I was like all it was so hot. There was like eight adults all naked in this hot tub and like people just talking and it's like kind of sexy, but it's not like sex. But then mm -hmm. I, I, I felt like I need to remove myself. I was in there for like 15 minutes. And I was like, I need to, I need to pull out. I need like some heavy emotion was coming up for me. And, um, I might get a little choked up as I'm sharing this just cause it's like, so, um, incredibly yeah. impactful, but I walked inside of the house and I saw this woman who had golden braids 
when I had better at the party earlier. And I was like, I look, she looks like the person I need to talk to. <laughs> like, she just looks like she would get it. And I go up to her and I started bawling my eyes out. And I was just like, how is this real life? Like, how do I explain this to my husband? You guys are friends? Like, and you do this? And, 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 and she, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, how am I supposed to explain this to him? And literally she just sat with me for like two hours while I sobbed my eyes out and cried. What's so crazy about this is as I'm sharing this story with you, that woman, she's actually in my house right now here today. Wow. Which is like, I didn't know I was going to be sharing this story. She's one of my best friends. She started and raised like, like a mentor and she's one of my best friends. She's my family. Um, she's like core tribe. And she's actually here at my house today. So this is cool to be able to share it because it's just so full circle of just like, I feel like the relationships that I've made have allowed me to create this poly family that is my, you know, my forever crew. Um and she just, that night though, when I was crying with her, she just sat with me and pet my head and just was like, mm, as I cried. And she was like, mm, and she would just pet me and be like, mm, and I'm like, and then this, like, how do I share it? But what I got from that was that if I went back to my partner the next day and shared from shame, he probably would have gotten really mad at me. Mm. Like I would have created like, right, sharing when we share our shame, that person is good. They're like, okay, right. But when we share our joy, so what I did is shared my joy. The next day I called my husband. I was like, babe, I just met the fucking most amazing people that are like, they're going to love them. And they're, they're hosting a play party next weekend. The owner of the house that we went to the after party out actually had a play party scheduled for the next weekend. So it was the perfect opportunity to just invite my husband go and he could meet all these people almost at the exact same time I did, right? Like a week later, which was a big concern for me, right? Like when, when we separate and go out and do our own thing, it's like, if we make friends, right? How do you link your partner in after, after that friendship? So basically we just had the most epic conversation where I shared my joy with him. I was like, this was the most amazing group of people. They have a play party next weekend. You can meet all of them and you're going to love them. And I started telling him people's names and uh, uh, the names of people and who they were and just really making him feel like he was a part of that experience with me. He was so excited. He was like, I can't wait to meet these people. So a distinction there that I want to just bring up to support your listeners as well is sometimes there's gray areas and we don't know, we're, we don't realize we're in the gray area till we're in it. And then it's like, shit, how do I talk about this? Like, is it, did I just cheat or like, cause for me going in the hot tub naked, I felt like I cheated on my husband. I didn't, but that was what the experience was because it was like, how do I talk about this in a healthy way? And so when you align with your joy and you're coming from, you're connected to it, then when you share it, energy is energy. Like that is going to be greeted with hopefully the person's on a narcissist and going to like get jealous or whatever, but they're like, is like a, hopefully that joy will be met with, wow, I'm so happy for you. You brought up the word compersion, right? When we have joy for other people's joy, there, there is a contagious energy to joy. And it's very important that, you know, we be responsible for sharing from it. And just mind, just to clarify this, um, I did end up sharing with my husband about the, uh, the being naked in the hot tub incident, but not until COVID we were at a dinner table with a group of friends and like funny poly stories were coming up. And 
I had one that my husband had never heard, which was about my whole inner conflict of getting into this hot tub naked with adults. And it was so perfect timing of when I did share this with him several years after that, because he was laughing so hard at the table. He was just like, I never knew that. And I was like, well, cause it felt weird to share in that moment because it, I, there was like some un unclear energy around it, but yeah, I just wanted to share with you the joy from that. And he's like, well, babe, I'm kind of glad you didn't tell me back then that was a good call. He's like, I don't know how that would have landed. I might've been weirded out, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was sort of the beginning. Right. And from that point on, he did come with me to my first play party. So we talk a lot about the distinction between sex parties and play parties on our show. And so just earlier we talked about polyfuckery. You'll definitely find that in more of a sex party or swinging party environment. Whereas at a play party, like this doesn't cost money. It's community, it's friends, it's friends of friends, it's, it's community. It's, and there's play and there's sex and all of that good stuff. And maybe usually like an intention circle or some sort of like ritualistic component to it. Um, and so we went to that together. And of course he like instantly bonded with like the woman in the golden braids and all the people that I made core friendships with the weekend before. And he's like, what fell in love with these people. And these are some of our best friends and this is our community. And so that sort of changed the trajectory for us. Like, I don't know if we hadn't met community, I don't know how the cards would have unfolded for us because now inside of, you know, dating separately, we have done that. Um, several times I have, I dated a, younger boy I was like wanting some like last summer I dated like someone who was like 21 or two that for, is like, like three weeks <laughs> some of my like best friends make fun of me and my husband sometimes because that's like my little mo sometimes I really <laughs> like have like you know like just young energy just like yeah. you know young dick it's like <laughs> young dick exactly I just like reload like what right 100 many times yeah. you're like and again and again <laughs> so anyway so I can appreciate that I do I love that I feel like you and I have some really fun things in common um yeah I really wanted that young energy and my husband a lot of space for me to date a man my partner um I would say we had um Maybe like right before COVID, well, not right before, but before COVID, the year, a year before COVID, my partner fell for a woman. And it was like the first rupture inside of our polydynamics, I would say, um, because it was new. It was the first time he ever felt such strong feeling for someone other than me. And he, I mean, he would say this for himself. Uh, me and my husband are both communication coaches. So it's just like a whole bunch of communication all the time. Um, but he, you know, the processing from, from all of that was really, yeah, he moved too fast. Right. Um, I started to find out, I ended up, you know, my, my witch senses in me were like, I should check his phone. I checked his phone, saw these messages with this woman and it was just way too mm -hmm. much. It was like, I'm in love with you kind of stuff. And it was very threatening to me. Um, my, my, my biology was threatened. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Um, and what we, what we really learned from that. So it didn't go over well. I let them have their own relationship. It did not go well. Um, me and her, she just never respected me fully. And so it taught us so much about what's important to us and, and what makes for a good criteria in finding partners. So we are open to dating people outside of our each other in our relationship. However, there is a whole bunch of like criteria. You know what I mean? Like there's like a fucking list yep. of things. 
And so there's things that we avoid and stay away from. There's things that we look for and lean into. And we just know that it's definitely about the person. You know, there are certain people that just will make you feel so safe. I mean, there are some women that I'm literally, I would drop my husband off to their house and let him sleep over at their house all weekend. And then there are women that I wouldn't even let them fucking get an inch away, an inch from my husband because I don't trust them. And I think that it comes down to the person and being self-aware is so important. You know, the women that the, the women, my husband is uh, also, he is a heterosexual cis for now. Give me like a couple more years. I need like a couple, but, but, and so I, and I'm queer. And so like when there's play parties that are queer play parties, my husband's not into that. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Yeah. He, and I like usually wear my mustache to those parties, but he, he's not into that. He's not into my mustache. I mean, it's his, it's his problem. Not mine. Your husband and my husband have a lot in common also oh then. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I felt I can't he wait to not be with you like in person. Me. Yeah, he does not like to see me in in any dominance whatsoever. Um, right, which I like to play with sometimes. Yeah, totally. Me too. I do too. And I realize, oh, I have friends for that. Right, like, mm-hmm. and you maybe like we could go out and to a like queer party together and be each other's like wing women because yeah, I get that. That's not what that's not my partner's scene. So for my partner to you know when my partner gets turned on is more so in those. Um, heteronormative dynamic play spaces where mm. there are a lot of um, maybe more traditional relationships uh, being presented. He he has had a major, major breakthrough though in just being able to be in an environment where um, maybe perhaps two men are making out, mm-hmm. you know, um, and he can be in environments um, and he can be there. He's just not necessarily going to be the one, he's not necessarily turned on and being in action, but he he's so unconditionally mm-hmm. loving and non-judgmental and that he can like be in the space. So that's like right. a huge game changer. Cause in the beginning, I remember when he, we were in an, our first orgy and like two guys did start making out, I could feel his energy just close up. Yeah. So there's been Tighten. so much growth over the, over the last five years, but mm. I kind of got so excited that our husbands have something in common that I totally lost my train of thought. So what were we talking um, about? <laughs> You were, well, you were kind of taking us through the journey of like, okay, so first it was, you know, first it was hazing, then it was meeting the poly community, then it was he fell for another woman, and that was very threatening, right? So we're kind of like, I love, I really love this journey of all of the chapters and how it's flowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually wanted to ask you too, yeah. what were the feelings of like, because it sounds like this was the first time where you were like, oh shit, I don't like this. Right. Otherwise it's like, I want to be open. This is like the stuff that I've dreamt about. I can be with women. I could also be with other men. Did it have you question like, oh, okay, there's a dark side to this open relationship shit. And like, maybe I can't do this and maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Or was it like, okay, we can get through this. I love your question. And it's important. Like we, it, it was, it was very much a heartbreak. I mean, I was, I was heartbroken. I had my heart broken like three times in three weeks with what was going down with this woman and just some of the things. And it was, 
that was when I first learned not to like tell your family that's not Polly like about your relationship shit because I, I called my sister I'm like oh my god Austin fell for this woman and she like could not understand so she was mad at him for a while I was like oh damn I really need to lean on the Polly community I believe it takes a village and that was the greatest thing that I learned I leaned on my community you know I had mediations like we 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 got the support we needed to work through it because it was absolutely the biggest rupture for me as I think um a woman and I actually got to um yeah, say to him, I was like, all right, I, I realized like, okay, I am a sovereign being and I need to lay down the law right now. So I had called my husband at one point inside of that. And I, I had mentioned to him, I was like, you, you can have whatever fucking flavor of ice cream you want. You can have as much ice cream that you want. You could literally, no one will tell you, put any limits on what ice cream you can and can't have and when, and we don't need to be married. Or, and I'm not really keen on ultimatums, but I needed to vocalize it in this way and present it in this way to share with him how real it was for me that I needed to be clear. So I said, or you can possibly have every flavor of ice cream, whatever the fuck you want, with a healthy dialogue and conversation around it. And we can always have the conversation about what ice creams you want to have and how frequently you want to have them. And we can stay married. And like, call me back when you make your answer, when you've chosen. And that was a pivotal moment for me and him. Like, I was like, that for me was like stepping into womanhood. I had really been, you know, I met my husband when I was 20. And, yeah. you know, he practically like raised me. He was the first person who taught me how to like meditate or, um, I mean, he really impacted my, I feel like the woman I've become and and growing into her. And he called me back a few hours later and he was like, I, I would like to be married to you. Mm. I was like, great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And that, but that choice, it was just like a recommitting. And so, yeah, it was very, it made me realize, wow, there is absolutely a dark side here to this, but nothing that can't be resolved with communication. So I, I did go and do two years of a communication coaching program to master communication. It is where I met my husband and my business partners at Clit Talk. It is mm -hmm. like literally um, at the forefront of the work that we do in all of our courses. We have a sex and empowerment signature masterclass and we have other um, courses. And we believe that, you know, with communication, you know, if you bring communication to your relationships, your sex life and your uh, your body liberation journey, you will have you will have the breakthroughs that you hadn't been having otherwise. Um, so yes, there is darkness, but um, as long as you have the willingness to step into your vulnerability, the courage to step into that vulnerability, I, I, I think that's what made me realize that this isn't going to be all dark for me. This was just it, I needed to have like a big bump though to make a massive pivot and redirect, and also like right? The who I think is so important. Knowing your, my values, like I allowed a woman into my sacred temple of my relationship that did not fucking deserve it because I didn't have the tools that I had. I, I hadn't fully integrated them in a way where I had the, even with my uh, being a communication coach, I had a block, right? And so the world of, uh, boundaries and communicating boundaries really came with experience, you know, it came with like, and that's why I think I was so excited by be opening up was because I knew like, all right, like 
it's not all going to be, I kind of knew like there was going to be some bumps in the road, but that's how we learn. That's how we learn what we don't like. So we know what boundaries we need, or that's where we realize, oh, I really value this, you know? And I mentioned earlier, like I used to sleep with a lot more. I used to be more sexually active as my inside of being poly in the beginning of my relationship, because it took me a lot, like certain bumps to realize I have some core values. Like if your integrity is not at a certain place, I will not fuck you. And I didn't realize that before. Before I would be like, oh, we're at a party and you want me like, oh, like, sure. Cause I was so, I was so curious. I was like this curious cat that just wanted to try all the things, but it didn't necessarily all feel good after. Right. Like I did have some experiences that I feel like I kind of triggered some trauma in me and I had to like do some inner work on that. And yeah, it helped me. It helped me to see that. Okay. Um, I'm only going to get better at recognizing what my wants, needs, my desires, my boundaries, my values are. And so I feel like it has made me, even though that was like some of the most painful relationship shit that I had ever dealt with in my life, um, it didn't scare me from continuing, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Whereas some yeah. people, I, I've heard like horror stories where they're like, that ruined it for me. I'll never be Polly. Right. Oh, it's the worst. It's like the hard shit is actually the good shit, like in hindsight. And so when I know when people quit after like one, you know, big upheaval, it always makes me so sad because hearing your story and and I know just because I also live that it's like on the other side of the big monumental, like, holy shit, we need a recalibration is, wow, now my partner knows how to love me better. They know how to show up for me. They know how to um, communicate. As you're saying, I know how to communicate my needs. I know how to have this criteria, as you said, you know. Um, so now I'm attracting a different type of person into our experience. And like you could never do that without having it. And so that's like, yeah, I mean, not that you want to like welcome in all of it, but a little shadow work here and there is going to be so healthy. Like we can't, it can't be sunshine shine and roses all the time. It never is in any type of relationship. I don't care if you're monogamous or open or poly or whatever. <laughs> you're, that's why I love you were like, don't tell your, your monogamous friends or family mm-hmm. about your like open troubles because there's still such a gap. There's still such a taboo. And see so the world people, differently. Yeah. People just don't understand that like it has nothing to do with being open. It has everything to do with communication and boundaries are being crossed and the same things happen in, in, you know, like I'm doing air quotes for everybody, normal relationships, like as if ours aren't, but right. um, I appreciate this so, so much. I don't know how it's already like almost an hour, but I just looked at the time too. And I'm like, how the fuck? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know we we get to get Kevin on our show next, which I'm so stoked about. I think we'll definitely need like a part two. And maybe what we could do is you and I have so much in common, Jessica, just in terms of being queer women married to, so they think they're hetero cis men, that maybe we could do something that our, you know, husbands aren't normally into by going to a more um, queer function together and go experience it. And then we could hop back on air and talk about our experience of like going out and about together. I would love that. That sounds like a blast. Let's like put it on the calendar before we even hang up today. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds fantastic. 
Also, you mentioned like that some of your community were burners. Are you a burner? So I'm going to Burning Man for my first time ever this year. Oh my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't wait. Have you been? Every year since like 2013. I didn't go in the years where there was no burn, even though like a bunch of my camp still went. Um, So we'll see each other there. Oh my God. That's amazing. Um, And Lindsay will be there too. And um, we, we, you know, Lindsay's one of my co-hosts on Clit Talk. Um, Yeah. Everyone's like, how are you not a burner? I just thought you were. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've never been a burning man. I do have a lot. I think living in LA, there's just a, a large burning there's a burner community out here. I happen to make friends with them. Um, yeah, follow follow my show on on Instagram. Uh, it's it's at Clit Talk Show on Instagram, and I am the poly host on the show. But um, uh, my fe- other fellow co-host Katie, she really reps the sex positive monogamy, and so we have a lot of dynamic content on there that will sh- be sure to impact your. Uh, you pl- creating your pleasure positive life. That's what we're all about is is really infusing pleasure into your life. Um, so yeah, we have a lot on on our feed about relationship dynamics, like also sexual health and wellness. And it's very fun and educational and entertaining. So if you're not ready to go ahead and sign up for one of our workshops, but you want to stalk us a little bit, come and follow us on an Instagram and we can connect there. Yes. Thank you so much. I cannot recommend listening to this show enough. I always tell you guys, like when I have other shows that I'm just devouring right now, this is one of them. And also the work, like the courses and you know the masterclasses that you put out as just a group of clits. I, I, I cannot um, recommend enough that you all go and check this stuff out. There's something that I didn't even, we didn't even get to chat about, but was I hear all of you talk about my, like my pussy told me, or like literally checking in with your body. I know that a lot of the work and the courses that you all create is informed by the work of Mama Gina. And so I just think it's so in alignment with like all of my listeners. That's just what, that's the vibe here. And so it feels like definitely an extension of the sisterhood. And I'll put all the links in the show notes uh, for those of you that are more visual. Madison, thank you so much. And I'm really happy that I get to like be with you, I think, for a whole nother hour, hopefully. We do, yeah. Yeah. But for everyone else, uh, my loves, my listeners, I will see you next week. That is a wrap, my loves, and it has been another beautiful episode. To get to know other people that are on this journey that have a way different walk of life than me or from you, and to listen, but then to also notice the similarities and sort of these basic human needs and wants and desires that we all share and that we have in common, and to normalize talking about them and accepting each other for them, it's why I do what I do. It's why I... I I love doing this show. So thank you for listening. Of course, if you love this episode, share it with somebody that you think would enjoy it too, or that it might help. Never hesitate to leave a review on Apple or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening from. And don't forget, we have a what's your relationship style quiz. It's free. I would love for you all to take it. It takes less than five minutes to find out, are you more monogamish? Are you more open? Are you actually poly and you don't even realize it? So the link for all of this stuff is 
in my bio. It's in the show notes. Once you take it, if you're out and you're open, screenshot it and share your results by tagging us on Instagram so that we can be a part of your journey. I love you all so much and I'll see you next week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.